idiosyncratic language. That's our jargon of the day, idiosyncratic language. And then on Thursday, we'll have pragmatic language, right? Um, and you will, especially if your child is school age, you will see these, th these terms thrown around like ping pong balls. And uh, it's good to kind of get a handle on what are they talking about? Um, because I don't know about you, sometimes I have heard people talk about idiosyncratic language as a positive thing. A lot of times when people, are, when experts are talking about it having to do with an individual who's on the autism spectrum, they're talking about it from a more challenging perspective. So let's take a look at what our actual definition is. Actual definition of idiosyncratic language, speech characteristics that are errors in the pragmatics of communication, often involves language with private meanings or meanings that only make sense to those familiar with the situation where the phrase originated. Okay, so let's take a look at what our working definition is and then we'll tear this apart. Uh, working definition, speaking in a way that assumes that everyone knows what you know. And this is, this is really whittled down to when we're just talking about it having to do with autism because um, often we'll see our kids that they don't have the perspective taking to understand that you don't know what I know. I, I still will see this sometimes with my son, especially when it comes to video games. He'll launch into a discussion about video games and I'm like, what did you just say? I don't even know if those were nouns or verbs <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, help me out here. I need a glossary. I, and, and sometimes he'll pick up the conversation in the middle of it as if I've heard some previous conversation, right? Not as much anymore. Um, we worked really hard to remind him, I don't, you have to paint me a picture. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any expertise. I wasn't there, right? Um, but when we see kids who do this, that they will, um, one of the examples that I read online when I was uh, reading up about examples of this is that um, when we think about what's outdoors, right, and we think about it and we categorize it and those of us with neurotypical brains and we think, okay, well, outdoors, you know, there's no roof overhead, there's probably wildlife and there are plants and uh, that kind of thing, organic matter outdoors, right? So when we think of outdoors or somebody says outdoors, that's what we think of. For a child who's on the autism spectrum, they may know that the only person who takes them outdoors is their grandma uh, and they call their grandma Nana. Right? So in, when they want to go outdoors, they're not thinking about all of that. They may say Nana, and that is their way of expressing, I want to go outdoors. Now, that's an extreme example. We would have no idea that the child wanted outdoors by saying Nana, right? But if you think about it, that's a pretty typical stage in development for all kids, that there is a moment in time in which they're saying things and the rest of us don't understand it, right? How many of you have been around a toddler with emerging language and the toddler says something and everybody kind of gets that look on their face and they look to mom and mom says, oh, he's saying that he wants to do this, right? Mom's the only one who can understand. That's idiosyncratic language at its worst, right? And for some of our kids who are on the autism spectrum, they will stay in that category unless we work really hard to get them out of it. Um, that we give them pragmatic language so that they can be able to speak in a way that everybody around them can understand. And we'll give you a more thorough definition of pragmatic language on Thursday. But idiosyncratic language.